This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Holiday Eve edition of Great Talk. Is it a holiday? I, yes. I think it should okay. be. Don't you think it should be for the kids? Well, like a national holiday, like shut Absolutely. down businesses. <laughs> Don't we have enough of those already where things are closed? Well, why are you negative, Nelly, well, on not, Halloween? No, I love Halloween. That's not what I said. I'm just you wondering, inferred. To, does it need to be a holiday? I do like when the kids get the next day off school, and our kids go to Catholic school, and for years, that November 1st, I should know All Souls, All Saints, All Souls, All Saints, one of those. Yeah. And uh, they would always have the day off. My girls have the day off. I don't remember. This rem- year? Yeah. I oh, don't, man. I don't remember any time that we had it or any time prior to this year where my kids got a day off. And Did- I think they should. They should get a day off. Why? Because they're out trick-or-treating? They well, need a day off. My kids will not be trick-or-treating. Dan like, is soft on crime and soft on kids. And I just got- think you should have the day off. That's all I'm saying. Do you have the smoke machine out this year? I do not. Okay. You love the smoke machine. I, you remember that, huh? I do. I remember that you were really into Halloween. I, I- love this time of year. I do enjoy Halloween. Um, but I don't know that we need the day off the next day. I, I think we should. You come in <laughs> hot. We're talking city, I'm sure. You want to get right to it? Oh, I was going to give a shout-out, and this is the worst, Dan. So last night, no, before the game, city's match, playoff match, I had to run down and doing an interview with Carolyn Kendall, the owner. But I had to be back in the studio because we had news at 9 and 10, right up against the game. It just wasn't a great timing for us. But I had this interview lined up. I'm like, where am I going to park? So Eddie McVeigh, who owns Maggie O'Brien's, he lets me run in and park because it's right across the street. It works out great. So I park my car. I'm going to run in and say hi. Everybody's in there partying in pregame, and I'm in work mode. So I'm like, I just kind of want to slide in and slide out. Todd Thomas, the one guy, is doing, like, DJ work in there. And the place is crowded. Everybody's having fun. This is, like, 7 o'clock. He's like, hey, everybody, Martin Kilcoin's here. <laughs> I'm like, just trying to just trying to blend in a little bit. I'm like, yeah, how we doing? How we doing? You know, I didn't because I'm so not you're a, a celebrity. Is what well, you're trying, no, to, you're no, trying to get around it? And no, just say you're a big no. Deal. I'm saying I really wanted to just blend in. I'm not like a fan that there's party in pregame. About two minutes later, Chris Pronger walks in, and then Todd's like, hey, everybody, Chris, and the place goes crazy. I'm like, thank you, thank you for that, Chris. Thank you for being here. I bet you get a nice round of applause. People love great no, talk. People. Are, well, this is the reason I brought it up, not to uh, toot my own horn, Dan, because the, the, let's be honest, the applause were minimal. <laughs> Most people are like, who's that? I don't know who's that. But a guy came up to me and said, great talk is the highlight of my week. And I said, oh, my God, give me your name. I'll give you a shout out. And then I realized later, I didn't write it down. So Maggie shout out o- to the guy. Yeah, Maggie O'Brien's guy. You know who you are. I'm an idiot because I didn't write your name down. I said I would give you a shout out. So then I, I say hi to Eddie McVeigh, who let me park for like an hour, because I, I needed to just get in and out. And then I go to do the interview with Carolyn Kindle, and they want to meet by the media press room, which is downstairs, right by the field entrance for the players. This is, you know, an hour and a half before the game, two hours before the game. The players start coming in, and I'm standing there talking to Mark Abel, the PR guy. He's great. And we're just kind of talking. Well, he knows every player. He's there every day. He works for the team. So now Klaus is walking in. 
Leuven is walking in, and they're high-fiving Mark Abel, and then they all come over and start shaking my hand. I, I said, I think they think I'm like a small minority owner or something. <laughs> I was in the tunnel as the players are arriving in street clothes. I think they're just good people. Well, yeah, and these guys are all coming over and, like, giving me these shakes. I'm always, like, the dorkiest guy. Like, hey, yeah. is this what kind of shake are we doing here? the side shake with the hug. I got, got this was a lot of, like, where it's not the handshake – but it's kind of like the grip where they pull your hand in, a kind of a clasp of sorts. Yeah. And uh, so they're all like, all right, man, hey, what's up, Eddie? And I'm like, all right, let's do this, guys. And I was like, <laughs> I felt like such a butts just standing there. You in the can't tunnel. say that. Let's do this, guys, if you're a part of the media. Well, I know. I, I'm sure I didn't then. I bet you did. I said, guys, good to see you. Good luck tonight. Don't forget, great talk drops tomorrow. <laughs> Don't forget, the great talk will be dropping tomorrow. We're talking about you guys getting your ass beat, okay? Oh, you didn't Clean say it up. that. No, you I didn't, didn't say that. I didn't say that. Very How about the crowd in the atmosphere? It was unbelievable, man. It, it transferred over TV, too. It was awesome. Great turnout. We knew that the rain and the timing was going to be a problem. We knew that all week. But you also knew people were going to show up. I think it kind of added to the support that this city has given. You mean that even in yeah. these horrible conditions, they're going to show up? Absolutely. And, and Which I would really say cool. it looked like maybe with about 10 minutes to go, people started to leave. Not everybody, but I think because you're wondering, at some point, it's a blowout loss. It's terrible weather. I guess and that would have been around 11, 11, 15. Yeah, I'd say between 11, 11, 15, because it, it, it was less than two hours of game time. Right. Because it started at 9.25, and we looked up at 11.15. I said, wow, that was less than two hours. It was over. But you wondered with all those conditions, Sunday night, late at night, got to work, kids at school, terrible weather, terrible game. And I think eventually people headed for the exits. Am I a bad dad by letting my kids go to the no. first ever Why city should today be playoffs? Okay, Dan's other rule. Day after playoff games should also be holidays. Maybe so. Maybe a late start. Gosh. I'd mix in a late start for those kids. I don't know if you guys heard, but Dan doesn't think kids need to go to school. I don't know. I'm I'm done. How with many it. of your kids went? Uh, two of them. Two of the four. Okay. And one is a well. They're both huge soccer fans, so it was great. And they got home midnight or so. Yeah. Did they get up this morning and roll or? Well, as oh, we here record we go. this, it's early, so I, I'm okay. not sure if they. Did. Right. Yeah, they got up. I'll call the truancy police they got up and they're at school right now and everything's fine relax <laughs> everything is fine disappointing to say the least i just it, didn't see the pressure that they normally have it, it's a reminder though in every sport and we see it all the time the team that comes in hot or has to play urgent you know uh, soccer in this case or urgent baseball to get in at the end it's like a wild card team but they get in and it's like well they're playing a little bit desperate we said it all week. We did. It's not a second guess. We said, can this team kind of dial it up? They hadn't played a meaningful no. game in like a month. And I think in the end, it was like, no, they really haven't been in that mode for a while. And it's it's not their fault, but it's almost impossible to get that back. There was uh, a couple of strategic moves that he made in terms of starts. The who, lineup, isn't it interesting? Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. And, and you know what? Legitimate to question it. For sure. And uh, I, I just felt like they didn't play what we've normally seen, which is the pressure-type soccer. I also think that maybe the emotions of 9 o'clock, waiting till 9 o'clock where the city is going berserk, you have a tendency to let down in late games at home. You know what I mean? The, the, the emotions are so high, and I, it's not an excuse, but it is something to think about where you, then it's game time, and you're like, whew, and you just don't have it. You're, yeah. you're, it's just not there in the tank. I think that's maybe some of it. The buildup was so high that uh, when you finally get there, 
that it's uh, it's hard to amp it up. I want to go back to your line of thoughts because I am not a soccer aficionado, not going to pretend to be. But when I look up and I saw the starting lineup, and we do this at baseball all year, we'll take yep. a Tuesday game in April and say, oh, my God, why is he hitting sixth? Well, now this is a playoff game, biggest game the franchise has ever had. And I said, where's Nico? He's one, exactly. of your, one of your best players, unless he was nicked up and we didn't know about it. He did come in later, much later. And then even Sam Adenaran, who's one of your better players, and he's one of the bigger players to have. If you're around these guys, they're not real big people. He is. Adenaran's bigger. And I didn't get that. And I don't know enough about it. What they've done on the whole this season has worked. I'm not at all going to question Carnell because, you know. It's worked. It's worked, and his soccer knowledge is infinite. And here's mine down on the point of the bottom of the ground here at the Scoops headquarters. But it was strange to me that those guys wouldn't be out there. And then at halftime, you're down 3-1, and I think they brought in Hebert or something. They didn't really do much. It seemed like they were late to say, let's go. We got two really good players sitting on the bench. Let's put them in there. I thought when Parker scored, I thought that was the moment. That's it. Now they're going to win. They're going to put the pressure on, and we're going to see the style of soccer that they played all year. Didn't see it. It just, again, I, I think that they came out a little flat. Yeah. Now part of that is maybe how they designed what they did with the personnel that they put on the, on the pitch, but you like that? The pitch. The pitch. Thank um, you, but it, again, I think the buildup and you come out just a little flat and I bet they felt pressure too. You know, you're, you're a top seed, you're an expansion team, the city's behind you, you are the story in the town, and I, I just think it's there's a lot of pre- pressure. There for is. Sure. I mean, to me, they're playing with house money. I mean, to be this far with an expansion team and to do what they've done. However, when you've done what they've done, you also have expectations now that are higher. And so you go in with higher expectations, the pressure's on, and maybe all that buildup is uh, part of what happened last night. And it's not the same level in terms of national attention, but when the Rams were good in 99, I think by the time they got to the playoffs, everybody said, okay, now let's see. You know, hey, great story. Hey, Kurt Warner, cute story. Good for you. Similar with City. Hey, nice story. That's so much fun. Good for you guys. They don't have Isaac Bruce and, racing down the field yeah, against but Minnesota. But it's like, let's see what happens when it all really matters. That's what you're remembered for is what you do in the postseason. And I remember being in that tunnel. Dan, I don't want to make it all about me, but I, I guess I will for a moment. I remember being will down I? there thinking the same thing. Will they you know, will they yeah. be able to do anything in the postseason? I'm standing in. Again, I'm in the tunnel as they would walk out, you know, and... High-fiving, guys. I was not high-fiving. This is, you know, an hour and a half. Pat's, Pat's on the rear. <laughs> Go get him, yes. guys. Skinina's like, you slap my ass? I'm going to beat the crap. <laughs> I'm standing in one of those tunnels where the players and coaches come out, and all of a sudden I see all these security guys walking. It was Coach Vermeil, and it's one of my favorite Vermeil stories. We weren't that close. He knew who I was, but, you know, because just covering the team... And I just kind of decided to get out of the way. I don't ever want to be like high. I wouldn't be high-fiving players. I just try and stay out of the way. Might pat him on the rear. No. And so I go to the side of the tunnel, and Vermeil kind of swerves towards me with his entourage of security people. And he came over, and he shook my hand, and he said, we're going to kick their ass. Did he really? I swear to you. And I I still get chills thinking. I was just a, you know, bumpkin reporter standing there, and I was like, Go get him, coach. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Because I think it was that same idea, like, we're more than just this cute story. We're yeah. going to come out here. We're going to show the world, more or less. Ended up being a pretty competitive game. Minnesota scored a lot of points, too. But I do think there's that same pressure. Okay, everything you did was great. 
Now who are you really? And may, maybe they were over their skis all season. You don't know. Still very winnable. Good at Kansas City, win one game. You know the crowd support will be insane. There'll be a lot of St. Louis people over there. That yep. happened the last time. So I'm excited about the game on Sunday. And that's all you can do, Dan, is f- flip the script, turn the page. What's Tony, turn the page? Yeah, turn the page. The goalie was bad. That was a surprise. He had some mistakes. And they'd never given up four goals this season. So was the weather a factor? I don't know. I mean, the officiating, I don't know. I just, they didn't play well, period. Are you uh, handing out candy tonight, or are you walking with the youngsters that you have in your house? Our, or a little bit of both? We're doing, so tomorrow or night, tomorrow, I should Halloween. Say. Well, some people, some neighborhoods have, we had trunk or treat on Friday. Here's the mistake of the weekend. Dave. That is a gong show, yes, trunk or treats. That's a gong show. And I fill out this form at school. And and who's going, who's, you know, got to pay, whatever. And then it says, would you help with cleanup? And I thought, you know what? We're there anyway. You're sort of stuck on the parking. What a guy you are. No, so you I check that box so and you I, help I with cleanup. I check the box. So I'm like, whatever, who cares? We're there hanging out. It's What's the big deal? It's a Friday night. So I checked the box. Then I get an email on Friday that said, thanks to all of our volunteers who've helped cl- with cleanup. We've split it into two groups. The second group will come up at 7.30 Saturday morning. Oh, oh, oh. And I'm looking at the, oh, please don't be, at Kill Coin, 7.30 a.m. Saturday. Did I you was show on up? this. Yes, I did. I was on this. My wife said, did you really check that box? I, go, I just thought it'd be nice. I go, and I thought you'd be with me. because Really, be. you were trying to curry favor with others because, as we mentioned before. I wanted before, to look like a good guy. Yeah, when you walk into Maggie O's, you get standing a O's. A lot of pats on the ass. <laughs> 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 like a Dan Dan has started that narrative. Uh, how about Mizzou? Just the week that's coming up, playing at Georgia. So I was doing some homework. It, not homework. Okay. I looked up like one stat. Yeah. The last time they won in Athens, I knew it was 2013. And I didn't realize that's the last time they beat Georgia. Exactly. And it's it's kind of similar now to City. It's like, hey, great story, great season. You're 7-1. and one. You're ranked 14th. But... What are you going to do with this opportunity? I think what comes to be of interest in this game, and there's a lot of it, is that Mizzou, you know what, the bye week. You have a bye week going into this, and teams that have a bye week can get healthier. They can scheme for a week and a half or two weeks, to, and they're doing it prior to the the two weeks. But uh, that's what makes this interesting to me, is what do you do coming out of the bye week? Now, if they win this game, where are they in the college playoff discussion well then you're in the lead in your division to go to the sec championship game and if you could get just like in 13 and 14 even though they got smacked if you can get to the sec championship game you're right there so is the the ku head coach right now or eli drinkwitz right now the coach of the year in college football you can make a case for both you can make a case for both i watched the ku game against oklahoma that was a great football game that was great and they they had the long weather delay they had to come back out looked like Oklahoma had all the momentum and then they come out and and are able to regroup and win that game now how about with, Kansas ranked this week in football it's, it's unbelievable it's like back to the late 90s with these two teams now with Mizzou and Georgia the one thing I would caution Mizzou fans with is that Georgia I watched that game too is that they're missing their tight end, might be the best college football player in this season, and they finally looked like Georgia. It finally looked like, okay, this is the team that that is the na- reigning national champions for a couple of years, expected to do it again potentially, and they came out, and, I mean, they looked awesome. And that would concern me as a Mizzou fan is that maybe they figured some things out, and 
you know what? There's a, probably a hangover from the, the last two years where you got to push. And they, they're just so good and so talented. They knew they're going to win games. Now you're in the stretch run, and they come out and start playing like Georgia. That would concern me as a Mizzou fan yeah, after and, what I watched. Yeah, and the reality is Georgia is 37-1 and one in their last 38 games. They're the two-time defending national champion. So, Mizzou, do you have a shot? Absolutely. If you're a fa- Now, if you're the team, you should think we're going down there to win. You absolutely should think that way. If you're a fan, you got to be a little realistic. Can we beat them? Yeah, maybe. We're playing as good as we played in years. Last year, we, we weren't a great team last year, and we hung with them. In fact, it was 16-3 to in the second quarter. Mizzou was yeah. winning and then got outscored. I think it was 23-6 to the rest of the way or something. So they, they did have them on the ropes for a little bit last year, so maybe there's something about the matchup. It's just exciting to have that opportunity. You're going to be tremendous underdog. Was it Hold 16 on. or something out of the gate? Hold on. I just noticed the ski cap you're wearing. Oh, no, here we go. It's a DeSmet Spartans <laughs> ski cap. Wait a minute. Well, I'm I am in Jesuit top and bottom. Hold on here. Marquette and DeSmet. Yes. You can't wear that thing. You're CBC. I'm a CBC alum. What Absolutely. are you doing? I just noticed my, it. My Dan, it was about 30 degrees when I left the house. I don't care. My, I grabbed the hat. I need the scoops make a winter cap because I I usually live in my scoops ball cap. Tear up one of the shirts I gave you and put it around your uh, <laughs> you just your head. Into, what am I going to go home and quilt a hat? A knit? I don't care. You can't so well, my, take that thing off. Well, what if my son goes there? What am I going to do? That's a different story. What ifs? So my son went to an open house and they were handing out ski and caps. They were handing out ski caps. Were they really? Yes, I didn't pay for this. I don't care if you paid for it. You can't wear it. <laughs> okay, I'll take it off. What are you doing? I, oh, no, put it back on. Okay, yeah, my hair Look is at your hair disaster. going crazy. Smet Jesuit Spartans, yes. I got a free cap. Let me just tell you, with high schools, ain't nothing free. Hey, kid, tell your parents you really want to go here. It'll cost them 15 to 20 grand, but you get, <laughs> get a, a cap. <laughs> you get a free hat. I just Year, noticed that. Years ago, my son and I are at uh, the Schnooks up here where they have like a little uh, dining area, whatever. So we're sitting up there. Michael Jordan who is the longtime president of CBC, not the six-time NBA champion, Michael Jordan. And he was my principal back in the day at CBC. He's been with the school two different times, but for many years, loves the school. And Carson, at this point, is like in third grade, is wearing a DeSmet shirt because his cousin gave it to him, who got it at a free open house. Carson just liked the material. He's wearing this shirt. Michael Jordan pulls him over and says, Hey, is that your kid? What's he wearing? And he calls him over, and they whispers in his ear. We get in the car, and Carson goes, Dad, that man said I have to go home and burn this shirt. <laughs> and I said, what? He goes, he told me to burn it as soon as we got home. And he said he would give me a free one to replace it. And I said, let me tell you something. That man's never done anything for free in his life. And that's that's gonna, probably true. It's going to cost me a ton if you get put on that free shirt. That's so, yes, okay. For the record, great talk listeners, all the great talkers out there. I am wearing a DeSmet hat. What now else you, you got? me for a loop, Dan. I'm sorry. I was, well, we were talking about Mizzou. What What do you think the line? I haven't seen well, I think the it's line. 16 or something right 16, out of, right out of big, the shot. 16, right out of the shot. Like Vegas is basically saying what you were saying. Hey, George is back. Yeah. They're fine. Mizzou, nice story. And there was a great clip. Paul Feinbaum, who I don't watch regularly. And I, at first I was like, how did this guy become a thing? But I get him now. I kind of yeah. get it and I like it. He's him. entertaining yeah. for sure. He doesn't look like it, right? He looks like your accountant. A little then, bit like Joe Bushbaum-esque. Yeah. 
He's the only he, show a, that still. He's a thin man. He'd have to lose another Feinbaum. thirty pounds. <laughs> you gotta remember, Feinbaum. He never went to. He didn't play football. Yeah, he, he never played football. He loves the SEC. Maybe he did, but he had a reporter on last week, and the reporter, his name had, under his name, his publication. I think it said Dog Report. D a w g. So he's obviously like a Georgia insider, and he was getting just all bent out of shape because. Feinbaum was giving Mizzou some credit. And this guy goes, what What about Kirby Smart? What? what? He almost had like a hard balls or breakdown. What, what, what about George? What about, and and, he, and Feinbaum was like, yeah, they're great. They're fine. What? And he goes, well, why are you giving Drinkwitz all this praise? You said he's the next Nick Saban. And Feinbaum, Feinbaum goes, I didn't say that. A caller said that. He goes, don't tell me what I said. He goes, sure. I didn't say that. And the guy... Basically goes on a little rant. Says Mizzou, great, you're seven and one. But what what did you do? You know, you you had LSU and you played them close, but you lost. And last year you had Georgia on the ropes and you choked. And he's kind of going into fanboy instead yep. of being a reporter. But I do think it's fair to say, hey Mizzou, you're seven and one. But a handful of your biggest games, Tennessee at home, Georgia on the road, maybe even that Arkansas game, just because it's down there and it's after Thanksgiving, you still have a lot. To prove. You really do. The Kentucky win on the road was impressive. K-State at home was impressive. South Carolina's bad. So there's still, I don't know that they've overwhelmingly, to the outside people, said, oh, that's a great team. They're not there yet. This would be a, a way to prove that. But I he think was, Mizzou can cover that. 16 with, you know. Hey, Eli, you think you guys can cover? <laughs> we I know I you're going to lose. Can. can you cover? But. I think I, no, they I can. Think, yeah, they should be able to hang with them for sure. I Were you think. disappointed in the Wingo kid not going to uh, Mizzou? And I think I I still a, it's open. I mean, he's got leverage oh, now. Yeah, it, and it is. And, it's and all leverage. I was down there, and I had heard from some people over the weekend close to the situation, as we always say. This yeah. past weekend? The, well, no, when a it, week okay. ago. Going into his announcement, that said he's going to Mizzou. They were saying he's going to Mizzou. He's going to Mizzou. And... Who knows how this stuff works? And then on Twitter, people said, watch out. Uh, Texas is in town tonight. Yeah. And I'm like, what, are they bring an oil rig with them? <laughs> so he makes the announcement. I'm sitting there. It was kind of fun. I think those things are overdone. It's a lot of pressure on kids, but they have fun with it. I thought he was going to Mizzou. I did, and he, too. He throws on the Texas hat. People are and good for him. It's a great school. Good for him. I don't blame kids when they play pick. with Archie Manning, which yeah. is kind of cool. Everybody thinks that he's the next coming. So. For sure. But after we're all done, and he said it was really tough, and he's friends with Luther Burden. He said, that's the first guy I told that I picked Texas. And I said, did the Mizzou season change your mind? He said, absolutely. Like, the fact that they're having a good year made it, which just yep. shows you if you win, good things will happen. But as I'm standing there, I was talking to the Big O. Orlando Pace is down there. His son is a junior at SLU High, and I think heavily recruited. And Ohio State's in on him. Is he a lineman? I think he's a tight end. Okay. And he's uh, athletic, just like Dad, in case Dad's listening. But, of course, I always said, him, Big O, I said, you're the only one who took a pay cut when you went to the NFL. He's like, oh, man, stop, Ohio State. <laughs> but we're standing there talking, and Ryan Wingo's dad, which is Ronnie Wingo Sr., is walking by and just say, hey, how you doing? Hey, good, you know, congrats, whatever. And I said, who knew or something? And the dad said to me, he goes, nothing's been signed yet. There you go. And I'm like, oh, boy, it's on. Here we go. Now, and that's the world we're living in. And then I he, he gave smart. When he gave Frank Cusimano an on-camera, I did not interview the dad. Frank interviewed the dad, and I guess on camera he said, hey, we'll see what happens between now and signing day, which is exactly 
what he about was a saying month to from me. Now, right? Yes, and I think basically saying we're still open for business. Which sure, that's the way it works. Hey, it's business. It's and the way it works. You want leverage? That's how you do it. Commit early, but don't sign. And let those other teams that you didn't sign with figure out a way to to boost the NIL or whatever they have to do. But that's how you do it. I think the kid played it perfectly. And for people who don't know, until you're signed, it doesn't matter. Exactly. And I hate to say it now, but even once you go somewhere for a year, you can leave again. Exactly. The kid, Dominic Lovett, is down at Georgia. I was looking at his numbers. He's got decent numbers. He was a star at Mizzou. Would he still have been getting as many balls with Burden there? Maybe not. Uh, but I was surprised being in that room. It was interesting because I saw some people who were just like Mizzou fans that were there. Have you, by the way, looked at the roster of Missouri and see how many kids are coming from the state? Not just St. Louis, but from the state. He's done a good job yeah, of recruiting I haven't looked this at the, area. The percentages, but right. Well, you think it's just their key contributors yeah. are all these St. Louis kids. Absolutely. Um so anyway, just something to think about. Okay, I'm just a little scarred by my dismet hat that Dan is. Sorry, buddy. So offended by that. My well, I'm goodness. not offended. I think the <sighs> next week you walk in with a Viani cap. I will. Love. I did my Viani power rankings last week. I saw Trent. That. Trent Green <laughs> had Trent Green on the podcast, and the timing was good because he had said, "I never get to do a Chiefs game." He and Kevin Harlan did the Broncos Chiefs game, where Denver finally beat the Chiefs. Uh, Huge upset. I, I said my Viani rankings, in no particular order. I said you got Trent Green, Dan McLaughlin, Mark Lamping. Uh, I threw in a little Mike Colombo love, Kyron Williams. From did Notre you do Dame. this with him? Like, no, with no. Him on air? No, I did not. Okay. I, I wouldn't do that with Trent. I'd but. say Trent is probably the biggest of Viani. Scott he's right up there. He's, yeah, yeah hell of a baseball player. The whole Walsh player. family. Absolutely, the whole Walsh family. Don Heeb and all that he did for the Griffins. Love Coach Heeb. Played uh, for Coach Heeb. Loved him. Uh, we did not do the Vianney Power Rankings. I did point out with Trent, the Chiefs' all-time passing leaders, it goes Len Dawson, Patrick Mahomes, Trent Green. People wouldn't realize good. that. I don't That's think pretty, people yeah. would. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, and we've talked about this before. If he doesn't get hurt, if Rodney Harrison doesn't take out his knee in the preseason – we're talking about Trent Green instead of Kurt Warner. I, I truly right, we're believe We're talking about that. me high-fiving and patting Slapping Trent. Slapping his butt. <laughs> nice Go work, get him, Trent. Trent. Go get him, guys. Nice work, guys. <laughs> High-five with Orlando. Great protection, Big O. <laughs> I, want, I want to go down to City later today because they break everything down. Every team does. And Lute is like, what was different? Anything different about our approach? And like, there was a guy down in the tunnel <laughs> high-fiving. And I wasn't high-fiving. My point was, so this doesn't get... A false narrative that Dan started. They were coming over and shaking my hand. I was staying out of the way. I don't know, man. Okay, I did give a pregame talk, a little pep talk to the guys. You're super fan. Do it for great talk. <laughs> <laughs> Go out there and do it. Do it for great uh, talk is right. How about the World Series with the former Cardinal angle just keeps re- just rearing its head. Adolis Garcia walks it off Friday night. It's unreal. I- I'm trying to remember the Rosarena run that he had. This Gar- I got to look at the numbers. Garcia's maybe trumping what a Rosarena Might did, be. and that was insane. But this one is, you know, this one doesn't sting, to, at least in my opinion, from a fan's perspective. Because he was DFA'd by Texas, yeah, and anybody could have had him. But you still, but I, I disagree with that because he was still your guy first. You signed him. They did give him two and a half million out of Cuba. Yep. So they obviously liked him. That was a big class of the international signing that they had. They had saved up money. To go out and get guys, and that was Rosarena yeah. and Adolis Garcia. 
But I think even though, yes, Texas DFA'd, so everybody was wrong about him, anybody could have had him, this is the guy that you signed, gave $2.5 million, and then in 2019, the year after he made his brief debut, he had big numbers at Memphis. Yeah, he strikes out a lot. He never even got a sniff, and I was looking. It was uh, remember what I told you last time. It was what he'll be remembered for here in St. Louis is a key slipping game around the slipping base, going pass. around third yeah. base. Is that why they punished him? They said I we, don't think so, but I think it still well, here, stings. Here, here's the thing, though, because your outfield is still uncertain, and they had Fowler still was there in 2019. Bader obviously was there. Ozuna's last year was 2019, so those are your starting three. Jose Martinez and Tyler O'Neill were on the bench, so they're. And, and Mo has said, I've got it on tape, where he said, at the time, we had other outfielders ranked higher at the time. Well, that leads me into what I'm about to say, is that they, they've done a hell of an evaluation of getting talent to them, and then once it's in, how they evaluate their own players. And that's fair. I mean, when you're seeing a Rosarena do what he's doing, a Dolis Garcia doing what he's doing, some others that have gotten away – it begs the question of what are you doing and how you evaluate your own talent that's in your own house, right? I right. mean, if you let these guys go, then there's a problem in, in what you're seeing with your own players. So you've got to be better at evaluating your own talent. And they took a bet on some of the guys that they felt were better, and it didn't work. And Tommy Pham is not in that group. He's been on six teams, I think, since he left the car. He's been everywhere. Yep. But it's still kind of funny when you look up on Saturday and Tommy Pham's four for four in the World Series. Like, hey, he played here too. Yeah. He was on this team. He's a great story. He suffers from keratoconus, which is a, a rare eye disease. Mike Schilt had that, I believe, I as well. That. And it, it's a blurred vision. I, I'm giving it in layman's terms. But for a guy that is. Hey, Willie, will you look that up for us? For a guy that is suffering from this, I've talked to people that have it. They're they're amazed that he's able to play baseball. They're like, I, we don't know how he's hitting the ball, like how he does that. I love that he's brutally honest with the media. Always. I get a kick out of it. Um, I did a long interview with him, like an hour-long interview at one point a few years ago for the website, and he was awesome. I mean, just where Very he's at. unique. You know, his background, dealing with an eye condition, all and that stabbed stuff. Stabbed a couple of times. Yeah, this is prior to the stabbing. But all that stuff, you know, how he plays with it, why he plays with a chip on his shoulder, all that stuff. Um, and to his credit, he's four for four and tells the the manager, uh, Tori Lavello, he says, take me out, give this guy an A-B. Even though he could have gone five for five, he could have set a record. And he said, no, this guy, give him a World Series at bat. Game's in control. They win 9-1. I mean, that's a good teammate. I, I give him credit for that. I wonder why he's been on so many teams. Because he's brutally honest. Well, I mean, he rubs people the wrong way yep. is the short answer. The question is, did the Cardinals get rid of him just because he was too outspoken? I don't know, but I, I people have asked that. Because remember, he was saying, he said something like, the bar around here has been lowered, or we've let our standards drop. He said something along those lines, and next thing you know, he was gone. Because I think Mo even said, well, Tommy doesn't speak for the organization. <laughs> I remember interviewing Fam. He was playing well. I think he had like a walk-off in Philly or something. He had a couple big hits, and the cat grabbed him on the field, and he was kind of just coming onto the scene or becoming a regular. Well, he and, started as a in the minor leagues. He was an infielder, then got moved to the outfield, and I think it took him – I know you're going to get back to the story, but I think it took him like seven or eight years to get to the major leagues. Drafted in 06. Wow. And then maybe debuted in 14 or 15, yeah. something crazy. So to his credit, he stuck with it. And what I always remember is my son Carson's first ever baseball game. 
was in the summer of 2015, and Tommy Pham hit two home runs that day. I don't know why, but I always remembered that. So Pham in the locker room, now they're back from this road trip, and I'm down there pregame. Tommy, you got a couple of seconds? Yeah, man, what do you want to talk about? And I said, your season so far? He said, what about my season? And so now I'm like, here we go. Yeah. So it was a very awkward exchange. But once you get him, he's great. Well, I had a really awkward exchange. It wasn't great. I just said, hey, you got to feel great about this opportunity and the chance to show them that you can play every day. And he said, well, why couldn't I play every day? And I said, well, I'm sure you can. And I said, but you're showing it to him. He goes, so I haven't shown it before? And I said, oh, boy, here we go now. And he said, I said, well, no, if you can do it over the course of the season – that probably changes everything. He goes, well, what would be a good season? This is what he said to me. <laughs> i got to find the tape. And I said, oh, I don't know, 20 homers, 70 RBIs, 280. He goes, batting average doesn't matter. And I said. He was ahead of his time in talking he, about he, that and stuff. I, he, so we had this little mini debate, and I said, well, I think it still matters. He goes, it doesn't matter at all. He's right. And Oh, I disagree. It still matters. Batting. If a guy's hitting 190, he probably sucks. Not anymore. On base percentage. Get on base. That's what they want. And it's, I know. it's like home runs, driving the ball, lifting the ball. Um, that's what matters. What are you, a stat head over there? What are you, a computer geek? Come on. Batting average Slugging percentage matters. and on base percentage. But do, do wins matter for pitchers? I, I personally believe they do. Now, most people would say no because there's too many factors that go into a pitcher that wins. You could give up nine runs and win the game. And, and people would say that's a bad start. Right. I would happen. Uh, I would agree with them, but I do think there are the other times where you're down six or uh, you're up six and you, you shut them out and you're telling me you didn't hold the other team down for five or six innings and deserve that win. Of course you do. And here I just said five or six innings. That's all guys go <laughs> for the most part anymore. I think except wins, for game two of the world series, we probably gave it too much value for a long time. But I think now to disregard it is stupid. You tell me a guy that's 20 and 2, it doesn't matter. I'll bet you anything his team was very successful when he pitched. We know that from the wins. But also, you're not going to win 16, 17, 18 games unless you pitch pretty well. Whatever the analytics are, it doesn't matter. You're probably pitching pretty well. You show me a guy who's 5 and 20, he probably didn't pitch very well. Even though the wins are not the greatest measuring stick, I'll bet you anything. If you have a good record... There are exceptions. That one year, Jose De Leon, was he like 5-20, and 20, but his ERA was great. He just couldn't get any wins. Uh, I think the same with batting average. If you show me a guy who's hitting 290, 300, he's probably a pretty good player. Oh, of course. But it's not the – There's it, just a handful of guys that hit 300. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm talking to Tommy Pham now. The, the addition to that is he looked like he was about <laughs> to kill me as we're talking. I'm a foot away. And it wasn't meant to be argumentative, but he is so blunt, so candid – I immediately called Mo and said, you got to trade this guy. No, yeah. I, I, no. <laughs> Now you guys finished and you gave him a little pat on the rear and said, nice yes. job in the interview. <laughs> yes. I do love that the commissioner came back uh, this weekend and said, we need to put a premium on this, the starters. we got to keep them in games longer so that if you're bringing little Susie Q, little Johnny, and there's a great matchup, like, for instance, I remember... kind of like o- a load management thing in the NBA. Who are you right. paying to see? And in 05, there was Carpenter against Clemens with what I thought late in the season, Houston-St. Louis with the Cy Young on the on the line. And Carpenter outdueled him. Who wins? It was Chris Carpenter. So I, I do think there's something... I mean, can you imagine that matchup with those two guys in 05 that are still dominant 
and you, you want to go watch that. As a baseball sure. fan, I want to go see that game. I don't want to just see them go three innings or two times through a lineup and turn it over to my bullpen. That sucks. Too bad Dan doesn't think batting average matters. I don't get it. I don't get it. This guy over here. Just doesn't. And he's got a computer in front of him. I like Furthering it. my point. I like batting average, but no one cares anymore in the world of baseball. Tommy Pham was ahead of his time. He was. He really so was. So if you want to watch the former Cardinals, tune into the World Series on Fox. We're coming to you from the Pasta House Studios. You already knew that. And Lou Fuse. Fuse Automotive. Fuse.com. Lufus Plaza down at City Park. That's right. Big party place. Great meeting spot before the game, but pastahouse.com where you can order that food online. Everything's made fresh daily. You already knew that. Appliance discounters, theappliancediscounters.com. Biggest names in the appliance world at the lowest prices. Pretty good combo there. I, I sound like Trump. Pretty good combo. Uh, you got appliances, <laughs> discount. I'm just saying, a lot of people are talking about them. Uh, Marita Villa Senior Living. Don't get political on this. I'm not political. I just I felt like I was sounding like Trump there. Marita Villa Senior did. Living at the corner of Clayton and Weidman Road. Beautiful Christmas tree. I'm just saying, a, a lot of people say it's the best Christmas Great tree they've, lights. Ever, they've ever seen. Great just, wreath. A lot of people are saying, best Christmas tree ever. And, of course, our friends at Triad Bank. They're in Frontenac on Clayton Road. That second spot's on Olive, just west of 270. You're looking for the perfect Christmas gift. Why not tickets to the Ascension Charity Classic, ascensioncharityclassic.com. Also, looking for that special event, Christmas Around the Corner. You want to take care of somebody with jewelry. There is no other place to go. Lordos Diamonds, lordosdiamonds.com. By the way, you and I need to do a podcast from... The MAC. I want to go over to the Missouri Athletic Club and uh, and and just sit down, tape our podcast. You had the chance, I think, to visit with the new president. Is that right? Of the yeah, MAC? we had Chip Mish on the radio show last week. Chip came from. Oh, I'm going to get the name wrong now, but a really nice club in Florida, Luxahatchee, maybe something like that. Bet he's loving the weather right now. <laughs> hey, Chip, what were you thinking? <laughs> uh, but he's got great ideas for the club, and I, I've said this. To a lot of folks, you know, the MAC, I understand the image is it's a bunch of fat old guys sitting around smoking cigars, and there's still plenty of that. <laughs> but you also have women, you have young people, you have your kids can do sports camps. You could, as an adult, sign up to learn how to play pickleball. You can use it for social. You can just go to all these speaker series. They have authors, politicians. There's always something different going on. There really is uh, a lot on the table for the entire family. If you were going to City last night, you could park your car as a member downtown at the MAC and just ride the shuttle. Yeah, I do that all the time. Park. Yeah, I used to do that all the time for the Mizzou-Illinois bragging rights game or a blues game. That's a good way to do it, too. Shuttle service uh, right there from the – I would be happy to meet you. I'm not going to meet you at 5 a.m. when Dan's doing his morning workout. I had one today. coffee, did you? Yeah. You were there bright and early. Bright and early, man. Don't sleep. Uh, Well, this has been – A great talk. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.